Time for seafood news. You are listening to the Seafood News Podcast. I'm Seafood News Managing Editor Amanda Buggle. And I'm Ernaberry Seafood Market Reporter Lauren Castiglione. This episode is brought to you by Ernaberry's new Insights offering, which is now live. This largely digital offering allows subscribers to read, watch, and listen to impactful market content in a new way like never before. Through Insights, Ernaberry's expert editorial team, market reporters, analysts, and curated guest contributors will be generating unique content for the protein industry. Be on the lookout for themed launches throughout the year. I absolutely love the new Insights page. It's got so much great new content, and it's much easier way to access all of Lauren I's videos and podcasts. It's all right there in one space, so you don't have to go. Look they pretty for much it. did it just for us. I I thought that <laughs> I didn't want to go out right and say it, but that's how I felt about it as well. So we we gotta give the people what they want. <laughs> But in our top story of the week, states are beginning to reopen about a year after the coronavirus upended all of our lives. Businesses in Texas are allowed to fully reopen, and that's not all. The mask requirement in the state has also been lifted. Texas Governor Greg Abbott said in a statement that it is now time to open Texas 100%. He did note that COVID has not suddenly disappeared, but he has said that the state mandates are no longer needed. So Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves also removed the state's mask mandate and he lifted business capacity restrictions. Uh, Massachusetts is also allowing restaurants to open at uh, full capacity, but there are still some restrictions there. So people must still wear masks and restaurants must continue separating tables by six feet and limit party size to six people. Um, In Arkansas, restaurants are also operating at 100% capacity, and on Thursday, Connecticut Governor Ned uh, Lament announced that all coronavirus-related capacity limits on restaurants and other businesses would be lifted in two weeks. Great news for struggling businesses, but I also feel like it's important to note here that not every restaurant in these states are following the order. Many are saying that they're going to continue operating at 50 to 60% capacity just to be cautious and to make sure that their customers feel safe. And for some restaurants, like in Massachusetts, for example, where they sell the restrictions, you really can operate at 100% capacity while also keeping tables six feet apart. Um, It's just physically impossible for many of these restaurants. I mean, prior to the pandemic, how many restaurants had seating that far apart? You know, like, and maybe maybe it's just by by us, but, you know, I remember, uh, you know, my husband and I went on our first date, uh, it's going to be seven years ago or eight years ago on Long Beach Island. And we were basically sitting on top of two other couples. Right. <laughs> I mean, it was like summer on LBI, but they had to actually pull the table out so I could slide into like the other end of the table and sit down. I know. When you see that happen, you're like, oh, this is going to be a long dinner. dinner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was awkward. And then you know, it's something we, we joke about to this day. We're like, you know, can we have a table for two as, as close to someone else as possible, please? You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, even like now, like I, you know, not r- right now, but, you know, in recent years, you know, when we went up to Asbury Park, uh, we've sat at like a giant communal table. So, um, you know, while it's a big step forward for many businesses, you know, there's a lot of restaurants that, that just don't have the space. And, you know, with, with those restrictions, I, I don't think it's going to, you know, for those states that have restrictions, I don't think it's going to change, you know, that much. Right. I, I agree with you there. Um, but in other news today, March 8th is International Women's Day. Woo! Um, I think it would be interesting to share a stat from the International Association for Women in the seafood industry. So women represent roughly half the workforce, but only 4% of the top 100 global seafood companies are led by women. 
Of course, there are a couple of companies breaking that mold, including seafood wholesaler, processor, and distributor, Loose America Foods. Loose America hired their new chief operating officer, Louise Moretti, in April last year. And not only do they have a female in their executive ranks, but the company is also woman-owned. Anna Federico, the largest shareholder and VP of finance, and her, and her husband, Fernando Federico, started the company in 1975 after emigrating from Portugal. Fun fact, Anna borrowed $1,000 from her parents before moving to California, and the couple used that as seed money to start the business. On this International Women's Day, a special shout out to Bumblebee Foods, American Seafood Group, Slade Gorton, Marison Chiyota Suzanne, and Vin Juan, just a few of the seafood companies that have female CEOs. And the International Association of Women in the Seafood Industry actually put together a list of the top seafood companies with the highest female participation in corporate bodies. At the top of that list is Vietnam Vin Huan with 83%. And also on that list is Osterwell Seafood in Norway, Bumblebee Foods in the U.S., Salmar in Norway, and the list goes on. So applause for those companies and the females in the seafood industry that continue to work their way up. Um, so moving along to some fun news. Well, some more fun news. Wild Alaskan Company was highlighted by FedEx in a recent digital ad. So FedEx has been highlighting some of the companies that they work with over the past few months. And for those unfamiliar with Wild Alaskan Company, they're a service that sends a box of of seafood right to your door once a month. Members can choose from three boxes, like the Wild Salmon Box, which features six-ounce portions of wild salmon, such as sockeye and coho. Other boxes include the Wild Whitefish Box, which has an assortment of portion sizes, cuts, and species, such as halibut and cod. Or members can order the Wild Combo Box, which features an assortment of portion sizes, cuts, and species of wild salmon and wild whitefish. With e-commerce sales in the food service industry trending upwards for the past few years, and then really escalating thanks to COVID, Wild Alaskan Company's business has boomed, and FedEx has been there to help. We have the video posted on Seafood News. Uh, It's definitely worth checking out. And what I think is cool is that this isn't the first time that seafood has been highlighted by FedEx. In August 2019, the delivery services company highlighted the coast of Maine in their On the Road with FedEx series. So in the video, viewers ride along um, with a national truck driver uh, driving championship, five-time state champion driver Bob Cochran. I didn't know that existed, but it's pretty impressive. Yeah, Um, right. (laughs) He, uh, he picks up an overnight lobster shipment um, in that series, so you could uh, learn a little bit more about you know how they're helping Maine lobstermen get um, lobster across the country. And then more recently, FedEx put uh, Island Creek oysters in the spotlight to show how they help get their New England oysters across the U.S. So it's kind of neat to see seafood you know in the, in the spotlight. Yeah, thank you, FedEx. Um, so now for our final story, we've got some market updates. Um, And up until now, it has only been Spanish octopus uh, that has been able to firm and even strengthen during the pandemic due to continued demand from the European markets. Unlike the United States, where octopus is largely an out-of-home dining experience, European consumers regularly cook and enjoy the species at home. Retail sales throughout Europe were enough to support elevated raw material costs to the U.S., despite demand from the food service and restaurant sectors coming to a halt in the U.S. in 2020. Now that the U.S. is a couple weeks into Lent, with dining restrictions being lifted across the country once again, the country is seeing rising costs on the mid-tier origin from Indonesia, experiencing rising wholesale costs. Currently, the Indonesian market is seeing higher prices due to limited raw material supply entering the market on top of heightened demand supported by Lenten sales. 
The market has been somewhat unsettled on larger sizes, which are pulling a broader range of prices depending on regionality of sales. So the Southeast, which has seen a faster food service recovery compared to other parts of the country, and that's in part due to weather allowing for um, year-round outdoor dining. So it's seeing higher uh, octopus sales in that region um, as opposed to more north where spring has yet to arrive. So areas seeing an uptick in sales are reporting higher premiums for the same product. Reportedly, overseas packers are either reluctant to offer new product or request a mixed container with a second species. Uh, continued supply constraints lay the foundation for higher prices through spring and early summer, with the possibility of octopus from the Philippines, which boasts the most value, to also follow the upwards trend. For shrimp, January shrimp uh, import totals were released late last week and started 2021 with another year-over-year increase, up 7% to 153 million pounds. This was a record for the month of January, continuing a trend of higher imports. India remained our number one trade partner, but shipped less compared to January 2020. The remaining top five partners all ship more with gains seen from Indonesia up 21.4%, Ecuador up 12.3%, Vietnam up 45.9%, and Thailand up 26.7%. Some notable figures appear to be holding trend. Uh, Mexico and China ship less while Argentina ship more and moved to seventh place, as did Bangladesh. Um, Australia and Saudi Arabia were also outliers. In terms of product form, in the month of January, the U.S. imported less headless shell on, which includes Easy Peel, which was down 19.4%, and Breaded, which was down 5.3%. There was more imported peeled, up 17.1%, and cooked, up 59.3%, uh, continuing the pull for convenience amid the pandemic. And speaking of shrimp, for those looking for Lent deals, Blue Circle Foods raw and cooked Vaname shrimp will be on sale at Target locations throughout the month of March. I don't know if you use your Target Circle app, but I'm on that almost every day. Um, so for the week of March 7th, you can get 20% off Blue Circle Foods' is, uh, raw and cooked Vaname shrimp. You can get 5% off the week of March 14th and 5% off for the week of March 21st. Nice. So finally, uh, let's talk snow crab. The Alaskan snow crab season marches on with 43% of the IQF allocation caught and about 22.9 million pounds remaining of the 40.5 million uh, pounds of total allowable catch. With Trident's plant in Akatan, Alaska, now back up and running as of February 23rd, overall processing should be well underway. Market participants continue to report that the current U.S. market is starved for snow crab, even with an 80% increase in snow crab imports from Russia this year. This constant crustacean craze in the U.S. market seems insatiable. However, the theory will be tested in a few weeks as catching and processing will begin in its earnest for the major processing areas. In Alaska, the total quota this year is up 36% from the previous season and is 45 million pounds, uh, which includes both the individual fishing quota and the community development quota. Typically, the U.S. market begins to see snow crab from Alaska in late February and March. However, when looking at exports of snow crab from U.S. Census, 2019 and 2020 saw the largest exports in March and April. February exports of years past have historically been much lower than later in the spring. Out of Canada, some market participants report that the anticipation is for the season to begin on time with fishing starting towards the mid to end of April. As far as market share, Canada holds the largest piece of the pie with 78.8 million pounds imported in 2020, an 8.4% increase from 2019. Regarding catching and processing the snow crab out of Canada, the hurdles COVID-19 presented in 2020 are reported to be ironed out for this upcoming season. 
2020 had challenges with delays to the start of the seasons, as well as obstacles involving labor and trucking. But overall, those issues were resolved, and Canada was able to deliver the highest volume of snow crab to the U.S., dating back to at least the last 11 years. Quotations out of Canada for snow crab have also been removed the earliest on record, and from a historical perspective, it is typical that quotations are removed due to the lack of available spot trading prior to the open of the new Canadian season. Most years, Canadian supplies are extremely light to nil heading into the opening of the new season. However, in 2020, supplies reported to have moved through the system very quickly and were either consumed or are still with the end user. This created a very thirsty market for snow crab in the U.S. for 2021. That was a lot of interesting market updates. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, and that does it for us. So once again, this episode was brought to you by Erneberry's New Insights offering. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>